All right, good morning and welcome into First Up. It's AK and Coco with you on this Tuesday morning. It's game day for the Leafs in New Jersey against the Devils. My final day prior to my Vegas vacation. Carlo, you can hear it in my voice. The anticipation, it's building. I'm seeing those bright lights of the Aria, of the Cosmopolitan, of the Spearmint Rhino, of all the great spots down in Las Vegas, buddy. I'm feeling good this morning. I'm in a great mood, and I'm ready to bring the heat for the next four hours. How about you? Did you have trouble sleeping last night? Nah. Considering with all the excitement, I mean, me and you went to Golf Town yesterday to pick oh, up what a new day. What golf a day. clubs that we had ordered. <laughs> I got my new driver. You got a new driver, a new four-wood ready to put it in the bag and take it with you. I mean, the jitters must be there, no? A little bit, a little bit. We're getting closer. I have a question, actually. I didn't get one of those, uh, like, tools for my driver to, like, remove the head. You know, like, when, when you're really? traveling on a golf trip. Yeah, I mean, unless I, I think I forgot to get one from them. <laughs> I might need to do that today. But when you're traveling for a golf trip, and that, this is what this is, more so than a Vegas vacation for yours truly, it's golf. But it's also Vegas, so, you know, it's two, two, two for one. But you take the head off the driver so it doesn't get, get like, mangled up in the golf bag, right? Is that what right. you did? That's what I was told to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I did You're just it. like, ah, I'm good. <laughs> no, no, no. I did it for my um, trip there when I went to Florida, and then I totally forgot about it as I'm packing my bag to come home, and... Luckily, nothing happened. But yes, that was something I, I, I have been advised to do any time that I travel is you take the head off the driver, you pack it in the head sleeve that it's in and put it in a safe spot in your travel bag. Um, so yeah, I, I did it well, both ways and luckily for me, nothing happened. So let's, let's be honest here. I mean, pretty good chance the airline loses my golf clubs anyways. So oh, just, that'd be the yeah. worst, man. Yeah, that, w- that would be pretty bad. Let, let, let's not start off with negativity. I, although yeah. that, that is something that I want to do. You know, I try to be, I, I that's kind of like my persona almost as negative as humanly possible. So in, in the case that something actually is positive, then you know, it's a it's a welcome sight. But I am fired up, no doubt. Uh, should be a great time, and the Matthew Cause will be in for the next couple of days in my Step Brothers edition. The next the Step Brothers edition, absolutely. And I'm sure you guys will be discussing tonight's game for the Maple Leafs against the New Jersey Devils, a game that, and you know, we've been so cold betting on hockey that I don't oh want to say God, any type of man. prediction, but I, I think the Devils are going to smoke the Leafs tonight. <laughs> Uh, you look at it because Ryan O'Reilly, he's bet out. The long, bet, I mean, I think yeah, bet the least people because do, we do anything the, the opposite of what Carlo and I say. But Ryan O'Reilly, he's out ten games, twenty-four days LTIR with that broken finger. Uh, that news came coming down yesterday, somewhat surprising, but clearly he's going to miss some time. I think the earliest he can return is March 29th, so it's a ways away until he's able to be back in the lineup for the Leafs. And John Tavares also out tonight, so you're talking about. Two of the Maple Leafs' top players, top offensive mm-hmm. players. So you're going to have a guy like Sam Lafferty slide up into the second line and be given more offensive responsibilities. Playing with Nylander, Callie Yarncroft, and Michael Bunting's on the fourth line tonight. It'll be Alex Kerfoot again with Matthews and Marner. So lots of moving pieces once again for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Morgan Riley's got another new D partner with Luke Shen staying back in Vancouver. So. I don't know. I don't know what uh, tonight brings, but it's the fifth and final game of a road trip for the Leafs against the Devils, 
And if my beliefs are of any indication, I think this is a great spot for New Jersey, a team that's red hot coming in. The Leafs will probably win like 4-2. That's a right. safe assumption. The way that things right. have been trending for you and I. Yeah, just when you doubt the Leafs, they, uh, they come back and find a way. And, and look, maybe that'll be a good thing for this Maple Leafs team. You know, coming back off the... Western road trip. Both teams are coming off of the long Western road trip um, uh, tour through Western Canada. And normally this is a schedules, you know, uh, you know, schedule spot loss for both teams doing it. But because they're both doing it at the same time, you know, you wonder what type of game we're going to be in for tonight. Um, I think you're going to probably see a little bit of low energy, a little bit of tired legs. Maybe a little bit of sloppiness, at least to start the game. But um, clearly, you know, I think going into yesterday, most of us had an idea that Ryan O'Reilly was going to miss time, um, you know, based on the speculation of his finger ended up being, um, you know, a broken finger. Uh, something that, you know, I think the Maple, well, not I think the Maple Leafs did say they feel very confident in him returning before the playoffs, which is a really positive sign. Um, and something that's just unfortunate that you know another guy that you know they 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 acquired at the deadline has, has suffered a very unfortunate injury. And the good thing for Ryan O'Reilly is that it's an injury that he can probably play through, even though it's not a hundred percent at whatever time he decides to come back. And the fact that he can keep himself in shape. Um, throughout this time is is you know a, a, a positive as well too yeah, because sure. he can still keep his skating and his conditioning up. It won't be game shape, but you know where I'm going with this. And I think the surprise to everybody was to learn about John Tavares. Um, he did practice yesterday, but Coach Keith did say that he wasn't feeling like himself. And I don't know if necessarily it's because of an illness. I wonder if this. If if what they're doing is a precaution to maybe having some concussion-like symptoms because of the big hits that he did suffer in Vancouver, and they're just taking extra precaution, which like, again is the right move for the Maple Leafs to make here. Um, you know, you don't want to be taking any chances, and especially you know with how weird you normally feel coming off of a long Western road trip. The fact that maybe if there is something there, don't take any chances. Get the proper rest. Make sure you're feeling, you know, you're like yourself before you entertain coming back and playing. So hopefully for Tavares, you look at the schedule too. I mean, they play tonight in New Jersey and they don't play again till Saturday in Edmonton. So this is a time in the schedule to sort of allow yourself to make these decisions with players that maybe ailing in, in some sort. And I think that was the decision that they made with Luke Shen, too, to leave him, behind, leave him behind in Vancouver, where his wife is expected any day now. You know, they have depth on defense with nine players. Hey, Luke, you know what? Stay back. Be with your family. Hope everything happens in the next couple of days here so that you don't have to worry about traveling west coast, east coast so many times. Um Makes sense. And, they have depth on know, D. They have fourteen defensemen at back. Right, there. and worry about <laughs> and worry about potentially joining us on 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 Saturday if 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 that ultimately how it happens. So best of luck to Luke Shen and his and his family as they await their their third child. And now the Maple Leafs look. This might be a, a blessing in disguise for them again. You know what I mean? Like how 
the, the month of December was, where they learned a lot about their team. They um, learned a lot about their depth. And now you're you're there's a reason why you go out and you acquire three centermen, right? With Achari, Lafferty, and you've got um, um, Brian Pontus. O'Reilly as well. Pont- as well too, Pontus right? is back. Pontus Holmberg back in the lineup tonight. I mean, you look at the the Leafs line combinations. You know, like, oof. You, well, you take you obviously you subtract O'Reilly and Tavares. You're not going to near, be nearly as deep, but in your second line with Yarncroft, Lafferty, and Nylander, your third line is Zach Aston Reese. Camp and Nola Chari, everyone's basically slid up uh, an entire line, right? Your third line becomes your second line, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see how that goes tonight. And that game uh, should be a good one because New Jersey's a hell of a hockey team. They're a high-scoring, high-flying team. Of course, Timo Meyer's there. Jack Hughes is balling out, has been doing this thing all year long. So looking forward to that. Was looking forward to the Ottawa Senators last night, one of the best stories Jesus. in the NHL. They're on fire, can't be stopped, and classic letdown spot where they're in Chicago, a team that has no business beating anybody. Talk about bad line combinations. Like You don't even recognize anybody on Chicago these days. Yeah. And they just crushed Ottawa. 5 nothing last night. Seth Jones, probably the only guy you would recognize. He scores twice. And, I mean, that's a tough loss for Ottawa. You look at the schedule for them. Like You have games against they Chicago. Can't, they can't lose you gotta take, game last You got to take advantage of that. And and that's the sign of it's a team. It's a young team. I mean, Ottawa's a team that, yes, there was a lot of optimism and they were reeling off wins and everything was looking very promising. But for whatever reason last night, they just didn't have it. They did have Cam Talbot, their goalie, scratched uh, right at the last minute, essentially. He pulled a Matt so Murray. He kind of did pull a Matt Murray. I, was, I didn't want to be mean to Matt Murray, but that is true. Yeah. He did pull a Matt Murray. So uh, tough loss for Ottawa last night. And another tough loss for the Toronto Raptors. I mean, it looked like they were in control all night long against the Denver Nuggets in Denver. One of the best teams in the NBA, arguably the best team in the NBA. And some really questionable stuff with the officials right at the end of the ball game with Scotty yeah. Barnes. We'll fill you in on that on the other side. We'll take you a spin around the uh, NFL as well with some NFL burning questions with our man Cheese. So much NFL content out there yesterday. You had signings. You have the potential of franchise tags. You have the potential of significant trade. So we'll get to all that in the first hour of First Up for your Tuesday morning. It's AK and Coco, TSN 1050. So it's pretty obvious it's going to be a tough night for the Toronto Raptors. Visiting the Denver Nuggets, a team that had won 23 of their past 24 games at home. The Raptors, a team... That have been very inconsistent all year long. But, man, they were awesome last night. One of their best performances of the season, no doubt. They were leading for the vast majority of the game. And it was the last couple minutes where Denver kind of took it over and were able to pull away. The Nuggets finishing the game on a 23-10 to run, 13-2 to in the final two minutes and 15 seconds, but a lot of controversy, Coco, about what happened in the final minute or so of the game. Number one, Scotty Barnes driving to the hoop is fouled, and Denver challenges it, and the call is reversed by Scott Foster. Scotty Barnes oh, not happy, great. nor is Nick Nurse, so that takes away free throws from the Raps, and Denver gets the ball back. On the next possession for Toronto, Jakob Pertles called for a loose ball foul, and Scotty Barnes kind of puts his hands up in the air and says something to the official. We don't know what was said, but it seemed rather innocuous based on what 
Barnes had said or was talking about postgame. We'll play that in just a second. Scott Foster, the official, just ejects Scotty Barnes. Three free throws for Denver. All of a sudden, they're up four with 28 seconds left, and everybody was in disbelief at what was going on right there. I don't know what was going on. I don't think anybody really knows what was going on. But, I mean, to eject Scotty Barnes with 28 seconds left? I mean, what the hell is this official doing trying to take control of the game? Because that was an awesome basketball game that deserved a better ending, better than, than ejecting a player with less than a minute left for some comments that he made about the integrity of the officials. Yeah, and at the time it was a one-point game. I'm just watching the uh, replay right now on TSN as it's up. And, you know, look, there's been a lot of conversation around the NHL, around the NFL, about the impact referees have on games throughout the sports world this year. And this is another example of two hard-fighting teams in a game trying to determine the results by themselves. And clearly, you got a hero referee who decides to step in and make it about himself. And the the thing that, that really... You know, makes you worry, especially in the in the NBA, is there already has been a scandal with an NBA referee of the past of fixing games and with gambling. So much of a conversation around sports nowadays. You you would hate the fact when you're watching a game that in an incident like this, you would even question that that could be something that... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Could, could you're even you're be questioning determined. that. If you're watching that game last night, you're absolutely questioning right. whether or not That's Scott Foster had money on Denver. And let's hear, let's hear from Nick Nurse, his evaluation of what went down last night between Foster with uh, Scotty Barnes and the impact on the game. I think it's a great game that looked like it was coming down to a great ending that... A little, little bit unfortunate that we didn't get to see a good ending. I think, I, well, especially on the one Scotty got ejected on. I mean, there was absolutely nothing there, nothing. And if Scotty wasn't involved, they called the foul on Yak. There was nothing there. But anyway, tough breaks at the end. See, sometimes you hear. He wanted to say a lot more. Oh, for sure. And like you know, you're watching the game. You don't know what Scotty Barnes said to the official. We don't know. We didn't. Yeah, with, didn't we look there. like he said much though. I mean, who who knows? Let's hear yeah. from Scotty Barnes, his explanation as to what went down. Uh, I was just saying something to myself, and then I guess he took offense to it, so uh, it just took me out of the game. It was it was just like normal talk. I felt like uh, I got fouled on something, so I just told him about it a little bit. Uh, but it, I guess they were just mad. Uh, it wasn't no first team. He just it was automatic. It was just like, ejection. Like you don't think the thin air of the altitude ended up getting into Scott Foster's mind? I, I have no idea. Did you? I like, mean, like, I, unless that, like, again, I'm Barnes, watching the replay again. It doesn't make any sense. Unless Scotty Barnes is saying something about this guy's family. But I, I, Scott Foster was asked following the game what 
Scotty Barnes said. Oh, the referees are actually being interviewed now, and they have yeah to come the, out the, the pool the pool it. reporter. So the pool reporter asked, asked Scott Foster. He said that Barnes questioned the integrity of the referees. Like, dude, get over yourself. Yeah, like, are you exactly. being serious right now? You're letting a, a a comment about the integrity of the referees help determine the result of a great basketball game with two teams who played their asses off last night it's a mm-hmm. complete embarrassment for the nba a referee should not be determining the game if listen if scotty barnes said something i don't know like terrible Egregious. to this guy yeah. sure then yeah that's that's warranted but even scott foster came out like I, I don't know what scotty barnes could have said that would be questioning the integrity i don't know it's like hey you bet on denver or something like maybe yeah. he made that joke <laughs> but like that's not worthy of 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 ejecting him and giving giving free throws to to Denver and basically sealing the game. I don't know. I think it's yeah. a complete embarrassment. But I think for the Toronto Raptors, they have to be really pleased about the way they played, even if it was a loss. And you know, you, you don't want to necessarily take moral victories from from a game here. But Denver's an incredible basketball team. They were fully yeah. healthy last night. Porter was playing. Jokic was playing. Jamal Murray was playing. Everyone. He looks good too. Yeah, Jamal he Murray. did look good. And the fact that they took it to Denver, they were the better team. The Raptors were the better team last night. They should have won the ball game. I think the referees screwed them. You got to flush it and move on. But a costly loss for Toronto in that they could have advanced. They could have um, really moved up in the Eastern Conference, closed the gap with Miami, closed the gap with Atlanta, lengthened the gap with the Washington Wizards. So I don't know. We'll see how it plays out through the course of the day. But that really sucks for the Raptors. They have the Clippers tomorrow. So a little. Visit with Kawhi Leonard and company. Then on Friday night, they'll play the Los Angeles Lakers. But Yikes. I don't know. I, I really pissed me off to see that type of officiating. And I don't know. I feel like I'm uh, Joseph Osai this morning after the uh, <laughs> Chiefs and Bengals Cincinnati game. With the, Bengals. Uh, the, the, the late hit on Patrick Mahomes. Although that call was, was warranted. But in any case, uh, great night for... Uh, for Jokic, once again, I mean, 17 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. The Raptors really limited him. And as crazy as that is to say, considering how incredible a season he, this guy is having, where he's probably going to win another MVP. I don't know if you saw yeah. any of the, the uh, Celtics-Cavaliers game last night as well, but Cleveland was getting crushed. I think they were down 11 with four minutes to go. They stormed back, and Grant Williams had two free throws for the Celtics to win the game. With, with like no time zero left. seconds, yeah. and you could even see him looking at Donovan Mitchell, saying, "I'm going to make these free throws." Bricks them both. They go to overtime, and Boston loses. They were playing without Tatum. They were playing without Horford as well. So it was kind of a schedule loss for Boston, but a uh, big win for the Cavs. I thought that game was great. Uh, what a great night in sports! So much good stuff going on in the NHL and the NBA too. And uh, did you see how quickly Williams attempted that second free throw? Like, you talk about arrogance. Like, he missed the first one, and, you know, obviously there's more of a a spotlight on him for the second one. And as soon as he grabbed the ball, he put it up again. It's not like he went through his full full routine. And, uh, look, uh, you know, sometimes you get the luck. Sometimes you you, you don't get the bounces. And clearly Cleveland um, got some pretty fortunate bounces in that game. And, um, you you, you kind of love those moments too, where where guys try to show up the opponent and ultimately end up embarrassing themselves because they miss. And good on Cleveland for finding a way to to push through that. I mean, they outscored Boston by 14 points in the fourth quarter to in a comeback, uh, you know, in a comeback victory in that game, taking it to overtime. You'd mentioned the Celtics and who they were missing. So um, the other 
a crazy game on on the schedule yesterday was the Sixers versus the Pacers. It was the final score was one forty seven, one forty three in regulation. Like that didn't even go to overtime. Lines? Like Harden had twenty assists in that game. Twenty assists. Embiid had forty two. Halliburton had forty points. I mean, when you have one hundred forty point totals, yeah, you're expecting some <laughs> crazy numbers. Yeah, but fantasy superstars last night, yeah. So some we've we've seen some high scoring games of late, and uh, that game between Indy and Philadelphia, no exception. Tyrese Halliburton had forty points and sixteen assists, bringing me back to the glory days of my fantasy basketball obsession. Do you still you play fantasy it. basketball? Nah, I, I'm done with fantasy. I'm yeah. pure. It's, one, it's the one fantasy sport I never really played. <laughs> Actually, never really, never played at all. I've, I loved fantasy baseball. Uh, you know, I love absolutely obsessed with fantasy football. And in since since I retired, I started to get into fantasy hockey, which is kept me a, a lot more intrigued into the game too because now you're following players too and it's actually ironic that we are um in our first round of the playoffs for our fantasy hockey pool this this week so as you can tell i'm playing a little bit extra more attention to these games uh this week and can't believe winnipeg lost to san jose last night and um obviously i had uh winnipeg and hellebuck but Hellebuck didn't play. I don't understand a game you need to win, and you don't even play your 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 starting goalie like Riddich plays. And San Jose he tied it with what ten ten seconds yeah, left. Yeah, I mean it wasn't Riddich's fault. I mean I, I still can't believe what happened into that game too. Winnipeg was in total control. Ten seconds left. I think it was Thomas Hurdle who scores, and yeah. then it was Logan Couture who scores in overtime for uh, San Jose. So we'll get to that in the first up scoreboard. We've got cheeses burning NFL questions coming up, and a text coming out ten fifty fifty. Why doesn't Scotty Barnes say what he said in the post-game presser? That's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think it wasn't specific. To quote but the probably... great Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I won't get fined. Yeah. That's maybe... why he didn't say much. I, I, I don't think that Scotty Barnes said nothing. Like, I'm sure he said something. But is it worthy of an ejection and all With the 30 seconds the left? Like, come exactly. on. Exactly. Like, it's a joke. Anyways, in a one-point um, game? We'll uh, we'll continue that conversation in hour number two of the program. We'll also talk to Terry Koshan from the Toronto Sun. But coming up next, cheese is burning NFL questions with a ton of great NFL content to discuss. That's next. Oh, one of the best sounds in sports radio, the NFL burning questions theme. We welcome in our producer, Cheese. So much to get to with regards to the National Football League. You've got franchise tags, the draft combine in the rear view, free agency right around the corner, trade rumors. So much to discuss. Let's get right to it, Cheese. Take it away. Big news in the quarterback landscape yesterday, so let's start there. Does Derek Carr signing with the Saints make them one of the favorites to win the NFC? The NFC? Like the whole conference? Yep. No, absolutely not. Um, I think <laughs> I think Derek Carr signing with the Saints makes them a big-time favorite winning the NFC South because... You look at the quarterbacks in that division. I mean, there is no quarterbacks in that division. Has Carolina named the quarterback? Well, they bring, did bring back Sam Darnold. Atlanta just released Marcus Mariota. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are saying they're going with Kyle Trask as their quarterback. So 
Derek Carr is is a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. And I think just in the NFC South, he probably makes them a favor to, to win the NFC South. Not the NFC. No chance. The, no, no, I, I'm totally with you. And the betting market reflects just that, right? I mean, Derek Carr makes the Saints better, I suppose. But, I mean, not that much better. They're not a real contender. Derek Carr's an average quarterback. He's probably like somewhere between 15 and 20 in the NFL. And he's basically been paid as such and the same as geno smith who we'll get to a little bit later but yeah they're not close to the eagles they're not close to the like the san francisco 49ers but yeah they'll probably win the, the nfc Cowboys. south unless unless atlanta trades for lamar jackson then everything is thrown askew in that division well isn't today sort of the day we could find out where the lamar jackson could be saga is heading so, correct me if I'm wrong, if they franchise tag him, which is what is being speculated to happen, can they still trade him? So, there are a couple of different types of franchise tags. There's the non-exclusive franchise tag, and there's the exclusive franchise tag. If they use okay. the non-exclusive, then a team could, I believe there's some kind of, and we'll talk to Mark Dominic about this, who obviously could explain this. Let's, let's bring the music down a little bit, Chrissy. A little bit hot. But, I, I think... How it works is a team could give Baltimore two first-round picks and a contract offer, and it'll be up to the Baltimore Ravens if they want to match it or let them walk for those picks and for that contract. So it's a little bit convoluted, but it is expected we'll figure out a little bit more about the future of Lamar today. And that is clearly a huge story because, yeah, Lamar Jackson goes to the NFC South could completely it's a game changer. throw that entire division on on a loop. And I think as far as the entire conference as a whole, because you know they're able to get a couple of weapons offensively for them, who knows? Why couldn't Atlanta win nine or ten mm-hmm. games? So that's an intriguing story we'll be tracking. Dominic, in a couple of hours. What's next, Jeez? Lamar Jackson going to the NFC South would certainly change things a lot in that division. Let's go to the AFC South. Will Tom Brady unretire once again, <laughs> this time to play with the Miami Dolphins? Rich Eisen with the scoop of all scoops coming out of the Combine, saying that there's a lot of people there talking about Tom Brady unretiring and Miami being the spot that he chooses. Look, for Tom Brady's sake, I love the guy. He was, I hated him as a New England Patriot. I loved him as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I will love him even more if he stays retired. I don't want to go through this. Oh, I'm retiring. Oh, I'm unretiring. Saga with Tom Brady again. Like, it, it, it'll just become an old story. And it, it'll, it'll maybe, it'll, it'll really make people judge his character or at least question his character because you just don't know what to believe in the guy anymore. Like, you can't do this two times in a row in consecutive years where you announce your big retirement and a month later you have a change of heart like stay retired man like i don't want to see him back in the nfl brett Favre retired i retired like 14 times at the end of his career so he's got a long time Uh, brady's got a long road to catch Favre in that respect i don't think brady actually unretires and why don't we take a listen to what rich eisen said in his show yesterday chrissy because it was more of buzz around the combine and it linked Brady to the Miami Dolphins, a team he was previously linked to, right? And there was a report from Josina Anderson last week that said the Dolphins are open to any and all possibility at quarterback. So maybe Rich Eisen's on to something. Let's hear it. 
Number one, I heard from a couple people, and I figured let me make it number one because it involves the GOAT. Number one rumor I heard at the Combine, not in terms of a lot of yacht chatter, but this, this one just blew my mind. Tom Brady may not be done after all. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a couple people are like, just you, just hang on, just you wait. Well, wait for and I'm what? Like, what I'm are you like, waiting I'm, for? And I'm like, he's Instagramming out videos of his cat. And, and the one place that <laughs> so folks true. are saying keep an eye out for is Miami. He does. Wow. He, I, we, we all have been, been introduced to his new pet cat. Mm-hmm. We have, yes. That is true. Yes. That is true. I don't know. He's got Tyreek Hill. He's got Jalen Waddle. That's pretty, uh, pretty intriguing if I was Tom Brady, our receiver. But, I mean, I, I still don't think it's going to happen. But, ultimately, would I be surprised if it did? Probably not. It's the NFL. How about Aaron Rodgers, Cheese? Anything on that? Well, yeah. Let's go from one all-time great to another. What team is Aaron Rodgers most likely to be playing for next season? Well, if you hear some of the rumblings that are coming out of Green Bay, yesterday it was reported that someone in Green Bay leaked that they're hoping that that Aaron Rodgers doesn't come back to the Green Bay Packers because they want to move on from him and all the drama that comes with him and him making his decision and all the stuff that he brings attention to during the season. So... Um, who's he likely to be playing for? I think everybody thinks the obvious question is going to be the Jets. They've lost out on Derek Carr right now. They they've publicly admitted that they're willing to bring in Aaron Rodgers. I think if there's a spot Aaron Rodgers likely chooses, it could be the Jets or or is it the Las Vegas Raiders who are, might be the wild card? in all this in the Rodgers sweepstakes. Yeah, it's, it's one of those two teams. I think it's the Jets as well. And I think Trey Wingo had a tweet overnight that said he thinks Rodgers is open to the idea of going to the Jets. We know the Jets are open to the idea of bringing in Aaron Rodgers, but there's the whole $58 million salary that is somewhat of an obstacle for them to overcome for the upcoming season. But if I was wagering, and perhaps I have, I do think that Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet. Let's go to Seattle. Will the Seahawks pass on drafting a quarterback with the fifth overall pick now that Geno Smith is locked up long term? I think the answer is yes to this. I mean, if you're committing to a guy for the next three years and over $100 million and doing so to be your quarterback who had a breakout season in the NFL next year, why would you waste your number five overall pick on a quarterback to sit behind Geno Smith for two or three years? I, I think Seattle was a surprise team in the NFL last year, making the playoffs with Geno Smith as a quarterback. They have some good young pieces. I think they they should continue to add to those good young pieces that can be impacts next year with this group. Because you just look at that division. The Rams are going to be bad again. Arizona is going to be bad again. It's going to be you and San Fran. And San Fran, you don't know what their quarterback position is going to be to start the season. I think if you focus on getting a player to help you next season, I don't think that's a quarterback. See, here's the thing about the NFL contracts, like Geno Smith, right? Like, is it long-term? No, it's an NFL contract. They get rid of it after, get rid of him after the first year, yeah. just like the Raiders did with, uh, with Derek Carr. They structure it in a way where it's not so penal to get out of the deal if Geno Smith has a regression. So, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily. I'm no quarterback scout, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if Seattle was enamored with a guy like Stroud or Levis or Richardson. If they took him, I wouldn't be surprised at all because 
you have this guy for five years under a rookie deal. So you might have Geno Smith for a year, maybe two. Like, I don't think Geno Smith finishes his entire contract that he signed yesterday with Seattle. Do you? Uh yeah, I can actually see them. I can actually uh-huh. see him doing it. I mean, look, Geno Smith is probably better than any one of those quarterbacks that are available in the draft right right now. Oh yeah, yeah right now, but a couple of years down the road. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I'm always hesitant to. You look at the contracts. Oh, a three year deal, a four year deal for these guys. Like none of that really matters. The NFL they can restructure and they can get rid of the deals if they want. That's how it always works. That's how it has worked and probably will work again with both Geno Smith and Derek Carr at some yeah. point. Then again, now that I revisit this question and I look at the draft board, that is actually the pick that they gained from the Denver Broncos. I actually think they do take a quarterback just to make Broncos fans feel even worse about <laughs> Russell Wilson. Could be. That wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all. It's like, oh, let's draft a quest. Draft Richardson, one of the great yeah. athletes we've ever seen come out of the yeah. draft. Yo, Broncos and, let's ride, baby. And let's <laughs> screw over Russ. Russ here. Yeah. Let Russ cook. We will stay in the NFC. What player do does the Giants end up Giants end up using their franchise tag on? Daniel Jones. Or Saquon, Bar- Saquon Barkley, excuse me. Uh, have they not used their franchise tag on Daniel Jones yet? No, no, they have not. Oh, Dallas used the franchise on tag the on Paul. Dallas used their franchise tag on Tony Pollard yesterday. Right. And are you allowed Giants... only one franchise tag or, or yeah, two? Yeah. One. Okay, so uh, I think they ultimately use their franchise tag on Saquon Barkley because. Based on what you're hearing with how public the negotiations are between Daniel Jones and the Giants, he wants over $40 million a year. I think a Geno Smith contract is somewhat comparable to what Daniel Jones should get. And I honestly don't think the Giants are married to Daniel Jones. Um, If this is a guy that wants to play hardball... I mean, can you see any other team lining up to sign Daniel Jones and throw a boatload of cash on Adam? I don't don't. see it. I should shouldn't see it. I I mean, I think Saquon Barkley is a guy, especially with who their coach is, um, drawing a blank with his name right now. Brian uh, Dable? Brian Dable, my guy. You look at the way he runs the offense, I think... Saquon Barkley is more of a vital piece for the way he wants to run his offense because Daniel Jones is a replaceable quarterback. I think the answer is neither, to be honest. I don't think they're going to re-sign Saquon. I think they're going to sign Daniel Jones long-term and maybe save the franchise tag, use it on somebody else, or not use it at all. we got time for one more, Cheese. Go ahead. Derrick Henry is reportedly in the trade rumor mill so which team represents the best landing spot for the big hulking running back? It's Buffalo. It's got to be Buffalo. That'd be so much fun to see Derrick Henry there. And, you know, they love burning draft capital on running backs as it is. So why not burn some more on Derrick Henry, who still has something left? I mean, he's not the player he once was two, three years ago. But putting Derrick Henry, the big dog, in that offense would be incredibly hilarious to see all the talent there. And, you know, there's rumors around Stephon Diggs and the Dallas Cowboys to to chill with his brother uh, Trayvon in Dallas. I don't know how likely that is. But, I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry. Let's see it. It's all all over NFL Reddit. Really? Yeah, Stephon Diggs unfollowed Buffalo on Instagram. He followed Dallas on Instagram. 
And then, you know, that, that's the way the rumor mill starts these days. In oh, so that, that's how guys want to get attention. You unfollow the team you play for. Um, look, I'd be very surprised if there was a breakup between the Bills and Stephon Diggs. But then again, I shouldn't be surprised. As athletes always find a way to get what they want. I hope that doesn't happen because, you know, obviously Stephon Diggs is a big player for the Bills. But I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big Derrick Henry to the Bills sort of fan. I know the Bills need a better running game, but their offense runs around Josh Allen. And are you bringing in Derrick Henry to hand the ball off to him now and take the ball out of Josh Allen's hands? To me, it just doesn't make any sense. I think the Buffalo Bills' number one need is they need more playmakers on offense and playmakers at the wide receiver position. You need guys with length. You need guys with size. You need guys with speed. I mean, just look at what the Kansas City Chiefs do every year. And they, they don't go with this big, hulking running back. I mean, Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco was their big, down, uh, straight, straight straight runner. Like, it's just, you got to find guys that bring something different. The Bills tried to do that with uh, with with Cook, with James Cook and, and Singletary, but they need somebody just to better positions Josh Allen every offensive play with with non-run first plays, his yeah, his, yeah, yeah. No, no, his you're, run you're should right, be the right. second option all the time. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to go to Buffalo either. But it'll be fun. We've, when we're talking about best landing spot, I'd love to see it. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is out there, Jalen Ramsey's out there, so it should be a very eventful couple days with some big trades in the National Football League. Cheese, you'll be back with some more great content a little bit later in hour number two of the program. The first up scoreboard is next. Big night in the National Hockey League for the Canadian teams. Some fared well, some did not. We'll fill you in next. The big dog? Two goals for Connor McDavid last night. That pushes his NHL leading goal total to 54. He sets a career high with 124 points. A 3-2 win for the Oilers over the Sabres. And how many games does Edmonton have left? I believe 18 games here. And if that is indeed the 17. case. Oh, no. 17 games left for Edmonton. So he needs 26 points in 17 games to get to 150. That is obviously going to happen if he plays all 17 games. Does he get to 160? Might be the more pressing question, Coco, for Connor McDavid. It's going to be close. I mean, two points a game is a like a prerequisite for this guy, the way yeah. he's been playing lately, and, well, not lately, all season long. Could he get 65 goals and 160 points? It is very much within the realm of possibility. Uh, do you think we actually start seeing a shift in the props line for McDavid? It's something we've never seen before when it comes to the gambling aspect of it, where players that are expected to get a lot of points move from a half point to one and a half points. Could we potentially see a two and a half points with McDavid moving <laughs> Probably forward not. here? The, the one and a halfs with McDavid are like minus 150, minus yeah. 160 now. You don't More. Really it. They're close to minus 200 yeah, in games like yesterday. Yeah, it's it's absolutely stupid what, what McDavid's doing. He scored a couple great goals and big ones for Edmonton. Big win for them. Stuart Skinner was really, really good in net for them. We mentioned this earlier. The Sharks. Oh, team that was just playing so poorly. Uh, go into Winnipeg last night, win 3-2 in overtime. It was Logan Couture in 0-2, scored on a breakaway. Good pass from Eric Carlson, had two assists 
in the win for the Sharks. Huge he tied his he, career high, too, dude. Yeah, he, 82 he's, points. He's up to 82 points. He needs a point a game from here on out to be the first defenseman since Brian Leach in 1991 to record 100 points. And I think it's pretty obvious that Eric Carlson's the heavy favorite to win the Norris Trophy. If he gets to 100 points, that would pretty much lock it up for him. It was Tyler Toffoli with seven seconds left who scored for Calgary to beat the Dallas Stars 5-4, a massive win for the Flames. That's a game that, you know, wasn't necessarily theirs for the taking, considering Dallas was at home, Calgary was really struggling, but for them to pull off a win, huge for them. Ottawa yeah, losing 5-0. in the playoff race. Yeah, That's it did. Ottawa, Ottawa losing 5-0 to Chicago, that is a massive loss for the Sens. That's a game that they really needed if they wanted to keep their playoff hopes going, because now, you look at their schedule coming up, at Seattle, at Vancouver, at Calgary, at Edmonton. So yeah. the Senators are about to go on the same West Coast trip the Leafs just went on. I just don't know how you you build so much positive momentum coming off of a game like Saturday night where Chicharin, you know, makes his home debut, all the buzz and the energy about it, and you go and lay a complete egg in Chicago. Like you, you don't lose. You get embarrassed. Five no you get shut out by the worst team of the league. Yeah, Jake That's, that's a tough one for Ottawa, man. Six goals for you. That's, tough that one for Ottawa. That was an embarrassing loss. We saw Vancouver beat Nashville 4-3, and the Kings beat the Caps 4-2. Rasmus Sandin, a couple more points for Washington. He scored the first goal of the game, had an assist on an Ovechkin snipe in the third period. So if you're tracking that, like I know a producer cheese is, that's five points in two games for Rasmus <laughs> Sandin. Hour two of first stop. On the other side, we'll talk to Terry Koshan of The Sun about Ryan O'Reilly's injury, John Tavares' injury, how the Leafs lineup looks tonight against the Devils. That's next.